Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Posner, sports editor for the Union Tribune. I am in Washington for the Juan Soto-Josh Bell reunion. Jay, I felt like I had to mention Josh Bell. Uh, the, the Juan Soto reunion, Nationals, <laughs> very odd. It was 10 days ago that he was playing for the Nationals. But <laughs> this, uh, hey, I think it's a huge road trip for the Padres because of who they're playing. And, uh, you know, let's go from there, Jay. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I mean... Well, I mean, they have they have what six games on this trip, three against the Nationals, who are just horrible. It's not um, even close. The worst record in the major leagues, not right. even close. Worst record in the major leagues, and they had Juan Soto and Josh Bell playing <laughs> for them uh, before. Um, although you just know Luke Voigt is going to do something this weekend, you can just feel it at some point. Um, and uh, and then three against the Marlins. Uh, Alcantara will pitch in one of those games. I did notice, so that was uh, a little bit of a rough break for the Padres. Mm-hmm. But still, six games against teams much worse than they are. Uh, we've talked all year. Got to take care of business against these kind of teams. I think for the I haven't looked up the record, but I think for the most part they've done that. Um, you know, looked a little shaky against the Giants last week. Uh, early on, lost the game on Monday. We're down on uh, we're down on Tuesday. I think we're down twice on uh, Wednesday. So, uh, but you know, they scored twenty runs in their last fourteen at bats against uh, against the Giants. And as as you wrote uh, in the newsletter yesterday, and we we ran it in print today. This was they they now have the dudes uh, in the lineup to to make that kind of thing happen. It, it makes what happened in those other uh, previous games, especially the twenty six inning scoreless streak. Just all the more mind-boggling, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they're, they're all big, Kevin. They're all big, but but they uh, they definitely need to to not get caught up in whatever emotion there is this weekend and go from there. And it's good you mentioned Josh Bell. People watching live can can go there now, and and obviously anybody hearing it later. But I just posted a thirty-two hundred word Q and A that uh, our friend Annie Halbrand did. All with you Josh. ever wanted a lot, to know. A lot of interesting stuff in there. Stuff. Especially uh, as, as someone who who golfs now, he he went to high school with a rather famous golfer, so you will have to read that to uh, to find out who it is, and it will also be in print on uh, on Sunday for those subscribers. So anyway, there's the plug. You mentioned it: the 26 innings without a run, and then you go back to the last 14 innings. Right? That's that's why yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not going to be like it was the 14 innings because that's virtually impossible. Yeah. And then, but that the bigger thing is what you said, the 26 innings without scoring a run. It happens, but like, like, wow. I mean, it was just, it was mind boggling. Like you just knew we've been saying that, like we said it the last half of last year. Oh, this offense will come around. We said it yeah. the first half of this year. Oh, this <laughs> offense will come around. But like this time we really meant it. Because, because what they did, they got Juan Soto, for goodness sake. And he has been every bit of the player through eight games that you expected. Yeah. Uh, you know, what could you have said? Oh, I wish he'd hit one more or two more home runs. The guy's right, been on base right. in a 500 clip. He he hit that home run. Uh, he has come up big, uh, except for during that 26 uh, inning stretch. I think there was a couple times he grounded out. Oh, no. But it yeah. was it was Wow. We really meant it. So, I, I mean, gosh, we all should just feel really vindicated that we were spot on, that this lineup was capable of producing runs. Um, 
No, you're right. And I mean, they picked up and not just Soto, but they picked up Bell um, and they who has not hit for any power yet, but is, is has several base hits. Um, Brandon Drury, who had the big hit the first game that these guys all played, the Grand Slam, and then had two home runs taken away from him. Uh, I think one by the Rockies and one by the mm-hmm. Giants. Uh, the Rockies catch was incredible. I, I thought Yastrzemski's catch. I mean, I, you don't want to say, oh, that was just a routine catch. But if there was ever like a routine ball that you could say, that was a routine raw up there. It was sure. kind of routine. But uh, Drury had a, a monstrous hit on uh, on Wednesday. You know, the Padres had, had fallen behind early for nothing. They'd come back to take the 6-4 lead. Then Bill Chris Matt was unable to hold that in, you know, not all his fault, but some. And uh, all of a sudden they're down 7-6 and, and two outs. And, you know, not out of nothing, you know, they got a couple of guys on and Drury hit the big home run. And, and it, it snowballed from there. But, I mean, that, Drury's hit was uh, – in fact, I saw somewhere where, like, it, it was the biggest hit of the day in terms of, you know, sort of changing win probability. Okay. The Padres, yeah. I think, were like 30 – 30-something percent to win the game when he came to the plate, and they were 83% after the after wow. the home run. I mean, it was a really big, really big home run, and they, and they were able to, uh, uh, you know, to, to make that hold up by by adding on. So, that yeah, we got a very good indication of what this offense can be. Um, you know, the Giants' bullpen is not very good, but look, they're going – look what the Nationals are – look what the Nationals are this week. Um, Corey Abbott, who's, you know, I'm sure he's a very nice guy. He went to school – very near where I am right now um, at, at what is now Canyon Hills High School. Um, so he will start tonight, but, you know, I don't think he throws fear in too many people's heart. Annabelle, Sanche- Annabelle Sanchez uh, has been as bad as you would expect him to be after not pitching for a couple of years. He pitches tomorrow. And tell me who pitches Sunday. Was it Lopez, I think? Sorry, Jay, but when Jeff Sanders told me who was pitching – I immediately tuned it out. I, I, I was it was curious because I didn't realize Annabelle Sanchez was pitching again. So right. that one I remembered, and Corey Abbott I remember. I did. I I I tuned it out because that's how much the Padres should own this series. Like sorry, you I, Paulo Paulo Espino uh, okay. pitches on uh, 30, 35 years old um, with eighty games of experience. So that'll tell you. Uh, there you go. Tell you something. Uh, he he got drafted in in two thousand and six. And he's pitched in 80 big league games. So he, he gets credit for hanging around. Let's uh I'm in I'm in absolute awe of this man. <laughs> but I also think that the Padres should score 10 runs. And I'm exaggerating, as I am exaggerating by saying that you know they should go five and one. I'm gonna give them Sandy Alcantara. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do, right? But um no, really, like they maybe I'm yeah. not exaggerating. They they no, should they, go five and one. Uh they, they should. Don't. It's not all over, but right. the, the Nationals are terrible, and the the Marlins are not good. Now, you know, we'll see. Uh, I mean, the Nationals did win two out of three against the Dodgers not long ago, and, and I don't think the Dodgers have lost since. Uh, that's how I think that – I don't know if I quite have that lined up, but I, I kind of remember it was in that same time frame. So that's how mad the, the Dodgers got after, uh, <laughs> after that. I'm not sure the Dodgers are ever going to lose again, actually, the way that uh, – Every time I turn the game on, it seems like they have eight runs. It can uh, feel like that sometimes with their yeah, uh, relentlessness. Yeah. And what we saw the last two games, in terms of the production, maybe not the way it went down, because 
truthfully, the Padres didn't pitch very great. And, you know, worse than that, in the second game, they didn't play great defense. But right. what this offense is able to do makes it look like, oh, yeah, they're they're fine. Um, and that was a weird offensive game because all the runs came, they batted around twice in a game, which, you, as you know, your scorebook almost never gets that messed up. But they batted around twice in the same game. And those were the only innings in which they scored. So it was a little bit, uh, a little bit odd, but you know the bottom line is they scored 13 runs. You're going to win most games when you score 13 runs. And everybody got a hit. You don't need necessarily that particular uh, yeah. stat, but everybody scored a run. You don't need that particular stat. But the fact is that's the lineup that they have been trying to been sell, trying to sell us that they have. And I don't think they really believed it because at the same time. They're acknowledging that maybe now what's great about it is you don't feel the pressure. Oh, but I thought you yeah. guys didn't feel the pressure before. <laughs> so uh, we all knew that they did. Even Manny Machado, who will rarely give anything, at one point this past week said, "You know, uh, well, it's a lot. It's easier on me." I'm paraphrasing, I, uh, but but that's yeah. basically what he said. And the truth is, since uh, Juan Soto came, Manny Machado, he's not getting more fastballs in the zone. He's not getting more strikes, you know, pitches mm-hmm. in the zone. He's hitting them, right? He's chasing right. fewer pitches out. Huh, I wonder what that could be. Oh, yeah. he doesn't feel like he has to be exactly. that guy. Juan Soto's on before him. He batted behind him one time. Uh, there's more guys in the lineup. Now, we knew Manny was going to pull out of that whatever it was, 179 uh, stretch of 20 games. But I do not, absolutely, based on those metrics, do not – think that it was coincidence. So this is the kind of lineup that they thought they had. To me, Brandon Drury was a huge pickup. Um, mm-hmm. Look, on his own, that on his own, if that's their pickup, Jay, the first words out of your mouth would have been Adam Frazier, uh, Ryan Ludwig. But as no, it would have no, guy, it would have been it would have been. I hope that I this guy is not. You hope this guy right. is not those guys because right. that would have like been the thought. Better. But it would have, but it certainly would have crossed. It would have crossed your mind. But here's a guy who now you want to talk about what he this what this guy does, and it sounds ridiculous that I'm making a big deal out of uh, Brandon Drury when you got Juan Soto and you got Josh Bell. But Will Myers can start or not start, uh, and and can bat down in the lineup. Heck, Jake Cronenworth can get a day off. You guys notice where Jake Cronenworth is batting because Brandon Drury and those other guys are in the lineup. Yeah. It it changes getting Brandon Drury was their attempt their latest attempt and probably their best since they also got Juan Soto and Josh Bell to become the Dodgers lineup that it was just monstrous. What, the, what, the, what the getting Brandon Drury did. Right. And, and I, your, your story talked about that in terms of lengthening, uh, you know, lengthening the lineup and, and what that, um, and what that means. And it, and look, first of all, Brandon Drury, I mean, I know he played in Cincinnati, but he has 22 home runs this year. Um, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good number. It's a pretty good pickup for uh, for that. And and as we said, he's had two other, at least two that we know of that have been that have been taken away. Um, but you talked in the in the story uh, about the the lineup being lengthened. And you know when you when you're able to hit Cronenworth sixth, that's a pretty good thing. And the thing is, he might drop down another spot. You know because when Tatis comes back. Um, I'm assuming that's going to happen at some point since he's now playing in the minors. And maybe if it doesn't happen this weekend, hopefully, hopefully Monday in Miami. Um, I, I, yeah, we'll talk about that. I know. I, yeah, but we'll get to that. But anyway, whenever Tatis comes back, that's another guy that's that you're going to throw in there. Now, I think we talked a little bit on here about what do you do with Tatis? I would lead him off and go Tatis, Soto, Machado, Bell. 
and then Drury, and then you have either Profar, you have Profar and Cronenworth hitting six and seven. Those guys were hitting one and one and two, one and three, one and four um, for a good chunk of the season. They're going to be your six and seven guys on a lot of uh, in, in a lot of games. And you know, then down at the bottom, whoever you have, and you mentioned this in the story, you know, Austin Nola hit leadoff a couple times this year. Jorge Alfaro hit cleanup a few times this year. Those guys are basically going to be hitting eighth and ninth now the rest of the year, depending on what you want to, if, you know, sometimes there's some thought you could put Grisham in the nine spot just because of the, what that does to flipping over the lineup. Maybe Hassan Kim, the day he play, days he plays, he's ninth in the lineup. But anyway, Alfaro and Nola are going to be at the very bottom of the lineup. And they were like key guys early in the year. It just shows what a difference, you know, getting these guys. I mean, you're basically getting half of a lineup back once Tatis comes, because you, you add Tatis, Drury, Bell, and Soto. That's four guys that you're putting in, uh, you know, to a to a lineup. And now you're talking, now it looks like more like what the Dodgers have. Yes, and that was the thing. You know, I was just about to write the story of, I like, basically, I swear this is a good lineup. I swear they're, <laughs> like, they're not lying. They lengthened the lineup and say exactly what I said there, but they just, you know, it's it's going to change. It has to because you you can't possibly with this is exactly what you wanted. And I love Jake Cronenworth. And I when Jake Cronenworth is on, he is one of the. You can make the argument that on day to day, you know, on certain days he was the biggest guy on this team because of just the things that he creates and that what he does and the way he plays defense and all that. I mean, he is a fantastic player. But this year, batting second, that's you know. That, it's especially glaring when the other guys aren't doing well. But batting yeah. sixth, seventh, oh, my gosh. Well, there's a reason for that because you have these other good guys. So, I mean, I just, you know, what we've gone on long enough about it. But to me, it is it, – it was, um, I don't know, gratifying. But it was like, oh, okay, finally. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it was. It was, uh, it was a lengthened lineup because everybody got hits. Your six, your seven guy. And that – all you have to do is watch a Padres-Dodger game. That's what kills you a lot. Yes, Mookie Betts gets on. Yes, Freddie Freeman uh, and, and Trey Turner. But, oh, yeah. wow, look at that. Their number eight hitter, who whatever guy that is that day. Their number nine hitter, Cody Bellinger. Um, so, Well, of course, the thing is that the Dodger guys down at the bottom of the lineup really have bad numbers, except when they play the Padres, then Max Muncy hits a home run and Cody Bellinger hits two home runs. And of course you knew, and then Joey Gallo hit a home run the other night. Uh, and uh, so in a, in a way, the Padres, you would think in terms of numbers would actually have a better lineup um, all the way through. I'm not sure if you, you know, how you would rate some of the, some of it at the top. The, the Dodgers top four is pretty good uh, as well. When you have, when you have Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman and Will Smith uh, up there. So, you know, look, it would be, a, if, if the teams end up playing, um in the postseason it, i mean they're going to play nine times in september if if they end up playing in the postseason it's it's going to be a you know sort of a colossal series and i think everybody would look forward to uh to that and then if you win you might probably only have to face scherzer and Degrom in the next uh in the next series but anyway we're getting way well, it way all depends on uh, where they finish too right that's now, true the, uh, the padres are what i didn't uh i'll be honest with you i slept yesterday i don't know if the brewers <laughs> played uh, um so i'm not sure if they're a game or a game and a half or a half a game up on the brewers but anyway the padres right now are shooting to be the number four seed 
which would, yeah. if you win that series, you or you would host that series. And if you win that, then yes, you would end up playing uh, the Dodgers. If you're the number yeah. six seed or the five seed, you're going to end up playing the Mets in your right. uh, presumably the Mets, yeah. uh, the winner of the East in, in your second series. But regardless, got to get through the Dodgers. Oh, first up, got to make it to the playoffs. Um, yeah, so. and they are they are a game ahead of the Brewers, but okay, they didn't the play. Brewer, the Brewers are actually a game ahead of them in the all-important loss column. Indeed. So there, there is that. Uh, the Phillies have 49 losses. The Brewers have 50. The Padres have 51. So this is really, you know, it, it's going to be a race with those four four teams, although the Brewers and Cardinals are, you know, are together in there. But one of those teams is going to miss the playoffs. So the Padres, as we talked about, this is the kind of trip. They need to pile up wins against teams like this. So when later on they're playing, you know, when they're playing the Dodgers, that they have a little, uh, they have a little cushion, and then they, you know, they come home and get the Indians, the Washington for four, and the Guardians. Uh, sorry, the Guardians for two, uh, and then get to play the Royals and Giants again. So this is as we've talked about before, big stretch here. Got off to a, a good start by winning two out of three against the Giants. Now they have to do at least that again. I mean, look, if they don't sweep the Nationals, it's going to be everybody's going to think, wow, this was they really let one get away, or however many they let get away, but. Uh, if it if it comes to that, Fernando Tatis, what is the uh, what is the latest? Well, won't be here. Don't think it'll be Miami. So Washington can't imagine it goes beyond Washington just because. I mean, that's a that's a week away. So or six days away. They well, really Jose Castillo's him. been Jose Castillo's been on rehab for no, I know he's not there anymore on rehab anymore. But yeah, they listen. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. They're playing the Marlins and the uh, not that I even know that that matters, but uh, yeah. they're playing the the Nationals and the Marlins. Uh, they want to make sure when he comes back that he can play. The fact is, he's been down there now for it'll be a a week tomorrow, and today I think will be his fifth game. Okay, so sounds right, means- and he still hasn't been able to play center field because it right. keeps raining. Right, um, so down there. The, you know, maybe have him put together three games in a row. That might yeah. be a, you know, kind of a big deal, but then three games in a row. And then you probably want to give him a day off before he plays in the majors, because once you come up here, you probably want to play a couple of days in a row. So yeah. if you start to think like that, then it's like, cause I, I have gotten a lot of feedback from people of, wait, this is Tatis. Okay. You know, he's still human. You know, he <laughs> still has gotten hurt before and has slumped before. Look, I have as much confidence as, as anyone that when this guy comes back, he's going to be Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, a lot of guys come back from injury and you think, well, maybe it'll take him a while. I'd be real surprised if it takes Fernando a while to make something happen. And by the way, you watch Juan Soto play. You watch Juan Soto interact with his teammates. You throw Fernando Tatis Jr. in there, this has the uh, this has the capability of being, like, just the most exciting time to, to watch the Padres uh, that, I mean, any of us right. – <laughs> been alive even you Jay. no it's uh it, it's true i mean i i think that you know you go back and the the 98 team was a lot of fun to watch and, and you sort of have to compare everything uh to that and and you know i i think there was a ton of talent on that on that team the personality probably not as uh right as as as, as much as this one but you know a little more a little more serious especially if you had when kevin brown was pitching um, but, uh, you know, you had, you had Tony Gwynn and Ken Caminiti and Greg Vaughn and, and Steve Finley. I mean, that, that's pretty good, 
pretty good lineup to uh, Wally Joyner was in there to to start with. Even a guy like Kilvio Veras, I remember, I think had about a 375 on base percentage that year or something like that. They, that was a fun team to uh, uh, a fun team to watch. So, but this one is a little bit different, and you know, it still has to do something. You know, that team went to the World Series. This team hasn't even been together yet. Um, the missions where Fernando Tatis is right now are in Frisco for three more games this weekend, uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday night. Then they have an off day on Monday, and they play Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday down there. So I I don't know what they'll, you know, what they'll do in terms of Tatis. Maybe if all goes well, maybe he tries to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, and then you see how he's doing at that point. But I'm just, you know, I'm just guessing at, um, at this stage. But it will be fun to to see him back and and hopefully at least it's by next weekend when the Padres are back in town. Um, and I'm sure that will uh, make what's already been a pretty wild atmosphere um, for a couple of these games at Petco, uh, you know, even more so when, uh, when Tatis comes back. I mean, when I, I still, you know, that first game where, where they announce a, a lineup and you have, as I said, if I was doing it, you have Tatis, Soto, and Machado hitting one, two, three. Um, that has the that has the potential to uh, to sort of liven things up. Uh, maybe people even go sit in their seats at the beginning of the game instead of waiting in line for you know food and and fifteen dollar beers. But uh, I, I, I I'll I'll believe that when I see it. You can never tell a crowd. I always laugh when when writers tweet pictures of crowds. Yeah. In the in the first inning or the first or the or a kickoff or something like that, it's like if you ever go to a game and sit in the stands, you'll know why the stands are not full when the game starts. So, you know, and it's not just Dodger Stadium where it happens. Uh, the Padres, if you look at Petco, the third inning is usually when you can really tell what the uh, what the crowd is going to be, and 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 uh, you know, a lot of that are people out on the concourses because I've been out there. And, uh, if you look uh, out at the first pitch and the upper bowls um, are almost full, like there's just the little swaths of it, and yeah. you look around, you go, "Oh, this is gonna be a sellout tonight." Exactly. You know, if you see a lot of people, but the berm out there in the park isn't totally full, but there's a lot, you go, "Okay, this is gonna be a sellout tonight," because you know yeah. that it's gonna fill in. And next thing you know, then I forget about it, and I look up in the third or whatever, and I go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. But it has been, especially the first game that Soto Bell and Drury were there, but it has been a little bit more of uh, it's kind of an anticipation uh, of of people, people even wanting to watch. It appears to me Soto run on the field uh, before the game and and that sort of thing. It, uh, and the relationship that has uh, developed um, quickly, like right away between him and the people in right field. And I I would look forward to a full season of that, where it becomes even like more of a thing. Right. And you imagine now suddenly if, if when he's in center and and, uh, Soto's in right, those are the best seats in the house that you you got there (laughs) out at the party deck and and, uh, the barrel deck, whatever all those are called. Um, Those are, wow. Uh, That's a lot of star power. You still couldn't get me to sit out there during a day game though. That's a lot of fun. That is a lot of sun out there, but, uh, but you're right. I mean, it is, uh, it is a lot of, uh, it is a lot of fun. And, and uh, I, I think people, you know, are certainly enjoying it. And you look at, and, and even think about next year and, and having, you know, those three guys at the top of the lineup for hopefully an entire season, it could be a lot of, uh, could be a lot of fun. 
So, also, we got what um, we got here is Clevenger, Darvish, and Soto. Or Soto, I just can't stop. So he's always Snell. on your mind. Clevenger, Darvish, and Snell going against the Nationals. Uh, I'll say that Mike Clevenger has pretty much cleaned up on inferior teams mm-hmm. since he's been back. So that's uh, you feel good about that. He Darvish. pitched well against a good team last time, except you know he made that one or two bad pitches. But yet at times against the story. Dodgers, he looked really, really good. Yep. Um, in that uh, in that game, and the Darvish is, um, I, I think, has had six straight quality starts. Many of them, uh, at his... least three of them, seven innings. So, is that right? Right, yeah. right. And and although the Padres are only three and three in those six uh, in those six games, so I'm looking at uh, Jeff just sent me his his on deck uh, for for Saturday's game. So I'm reading off this. Uh, Sanchez has made five starts since coming back this year. Pitched 25 innings. And allowed eight home runs, uh, and a and a nine twenty two OPS. So right. he'll probably throw four scoreless before the Padres get to him. But uh, but you 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 will think that uh, unlike some past years, you think that they'll actually at some point get around to uh, get around to getting at him. And then yeah, Paulo Paulo Espino will pitch against Snell on Sunday, and then that leaves uh, Musgrove and Manaya to open the Marlins series next week in Miami. And we will do a show on Monday. Next week, when you are in uh, when you are in Miami, it'll be our only show of the week. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to make it a good one. Oh boy! All right, I'll prepare for that one. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, that's about all we got. We talked a lot of offense. Uh, we'll see what's happening with the bullpen. Um, again, this should be a this should be a get well time for everybody. All right. Some batting averages, some on base percentages, and slugging percentages should go up, and some ERA should come down because you know who you're not facing. You're not facing Josh Bell and Juan Soto uh, this yeah. weekend. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, Kevin, enjoy it. tonight. Should be tonight should be a good time there. Really interested to see how the uh, how the crowd reacts and everything to uh, to Soto. I would think they'd be very welcoming and and uh, should make for a good uh, should make for a good game. And uh, unfortunately, two of the three games this weekend are are only streaming uh, Apple TV Plus tonight. Although that is free. Anybody can watch that. I think you just have to sign up. But you and that's the one with the incredible it. picture, right? Incredible picture. It's unreal. Uh, yeah, incredible picture. So I will. Uh, sometimes those early games I watch in the office here on my iPad, but with with the can Apple game, can you sync up like I'm, we used going, to do? Like, can you that? sync up like the the radio? Listen to Jesse I, and Tony with the Apple, or does it like they're a delay and it doesn't work? I I don't know if if that's yeah. workable or, uh, yeah. or 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 not. But I'm definitely getting out. Out in the in the uh, in the den for the for the big screen on Apple TV today, oh, and then uh, and then Peacock on on Sunday morning. I mean, the worst thing about that, Kevin, is it interferes it interferes with Chelsea Tottenham. Oh, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree I, I mean, more. Yeah. How about the so. worst thing about that is I'm going to be up for <laughs> for the clubhouse before a. 12 p.m. Eastern time start. So off of a 7:10 game the night before. That's really yeah. great scheduling there that they uh, that they. Yeah, did. those so, are rough. Yeah. Anyway, that's life on the road, Kevin. I'm sure you'll uh, you got your sleep yesterday, so that's that's that should take care of you for a while. We got my sleep for August. Thank you. That's it. Uh-huh. Have a good weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks, everybody. Uh-huh.